Hello and welcome again to Assured by Grace. My name is Danny Woodward. I'm your host today. And again, I'm joined by Pastor Bill Congdon. And we left you guys off last week. We were talking about moral depravity and just some of the, the problems that saturate our culture and, and why, that, why that causes friction because of the fact that it undermines truth in a lot of these mm-hmm. cases, yeah. objective truth. And then Phil brought us into the to the uh, understanding that, you know, it undermines biblical truth as well. Mm-hmm. And when that when biblical truth is undermined as Christians, we need to take a stand. Yeah. And I'm going to just touch it. You know, this is assured by grace. That's the, <laughs> the, the name of, of this this podcast. And that has to do with the truth that we can be assured of our salvation, our eternal life, and uh, that is by faith in Jesus Christ alone, that we don't have to worry about whether we are going to the right church or wearing the right clothes or, or anything like that, that our justification before God is based on faith in Jesus Christ. Where does that come from? Well, it comes from God's word. And if this is truth, then we have a foundation for being assured by grace. And this is how this kind of touches this whole idea of the depravity in the world, because this this issue, what the world and what's going on in the world all around us, and, and that can get us down, we need to understand that uh, this isn't just something to despair about. We have the truth. We can hold to the truth. We have God's revelation, as Romans 3 says, these are the words of God. He's the creator. He's the one who knows the truth. So we can trust those. But how do we respond as Christians in a world in which there's going to be a price to pay? Well, and and Phil... I would even, you know, where we left off last week, Phil made the point that our response should be in love. Yeah. That, that these folks that are, that are spewing some of these, uh, these teachings that are wrong, that we know that they're wrong, we should address them, but we should address them in love. And I just kind of like to tack on that when we have our assurance grounded firmly in the promises of God and, and we trust in that, that that gives us a sense of security that there's no insecurity there that we can still love people who are in bondage to sin or who yeah. who are who misunderstand yeah. truth or fail to even see it well, we can love them because we know we know what the truth is and and we know what the bible has to say and we don't have to mm-hmm. prove something to ourselves by proving yeah. them wrong We're going to, you know, as we go through this discussion, we're going to encounter this, I think, in a visceral way. But remember, Scripture says, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Somebody strikes you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. Now, again, this is a proverbial statement. It doesn't mean, you know, that we're masochists and we're saying, come on, hit me again. Uh, That's not not a macho kind of a thing. What it's saying is, is is that uh, our motivation toward those who do not know the truth is going to be a reflection of Jesus. 
who even as he hung on the cross would say to those crucifying him, Father, forgive them. Mm. They know not what they do. And we are living in a world where there are people who they profess themselves to be wise and they have become utter fools. But that's not for us to go around lampooning them or, or hating them. It's rather a motivation for us to love them with the love of the Lord. You know, Phil, kind of down that vein, you're, you're kind of quoting from Romans chapter one there. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to do is just, just read a, a little scripture from yeah. that, because yeah. that, that does such a good job. We were talking about it earlier, and it does such a good job of, of pointing out where we're at and, and a little bit of where yeah. we're heading. And in Romans chapter one, uh, verses 32, verse 32, you know, you have Paul and he's, he's going, he's talking to, to the, the Roman believers and he's given them kind of a, a backdrop of, of where, uh, all of the depravity that they see in, in the world and the unbelieving world, where that leads to. And as he's talking, he gets down and he really starts to tell them, Hey, you know, when people fail to, place their trust in God. They start looking at other places yeah, and, yeah. and it's just this domino effect. God gives them over. God, God gives, gives them, them over. over. Yeah. And at the very end, this is what's interesting because I think this might be a little bit of where we're at. In yeah. Society Isn't this today. ominous? We are at the end of Romans. We're one. at the end of Romans one. And it says who he's talking about these people that are, that are fully engaged in depravity, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserved of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Yeah. And so I just wanted to point that out because there's, it always seems like there's this push, not just to, not just to say, okay, you do you and I'll do me. That's not the way our, our society works right now. That contrary to, you know, maybe what's popular to, yeah. to, to relate it's, you do you as long as you, what you do doesn't conflict with what I do. Does that make sense? Well, and, I, yeah. and, the, and it's in a, they want you to approve of these things. Uh, you're exactly right. We're, we are, we have passed far on. I remember, you know, don't ask, don't tell way back in the nineties, you know, just don't worry about it. If somebody's going wants to do what they want to do, let them do what they want to do. What they want to do in their own home is okay. We've come all the way to the fact to the place of a cancel culture where if you do not endorse uh, seven year old girls having gender transition therapy, then you're a transphobe and you deserve to be uh, expelled from society. It, it's yeah, we we have we have come to the end of Romans one now. So we are you to- despairing? <laughs> you're, you're saying, oh, woe is me. No, we are more than conquerors through yes. him who loved us. Romans 8. So now, if, if we are going to weather this, what do we need to be prepared to do? And, and this is a, an area where I think for our discussion, it, it's going to be particularly uh Difficult for some Americans, American Christians, to think about this because we've lived our whole lives in a bubble. Mm-hmm. This bubble of we have our rights, 
Thankfully, our country was based on the foundation of uh, men and women who fought and died for liberty and freedom that was girded with uh, a biblical framework. Our Constitution, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal. Well, where does that idea get its foundation? It's in Scripture, and that we are endowed by our Creator. There's God, and, and that idea provided for a strong foundation for a government and a civil society. That has come unraveled progressively. Um, and at periods in our history, we've had a struggle. The, the Civil War would have been a, a real key time where there were forces of evil seeking to say that, no, there's some human beings that are less human than others. And if that had held sway in that day, it would have undermined our society. Instead, 600,000 Americans lost their lives uh, and truth won out. Mm-hmm. And over a period of time, you know, we, we, uh, we grew in that truth. But um, in the last 50 years, and again, just being general there, the, this postmodern relativistic idea that you can have your truth, I can have my truth, that's Satan's greatest ploy undermining the truth of scripture and so and that's where we are we're there today okay we've come to romans 1 32 and for just speaking the truth not just your truth or their truth or yeah. my truth but for speaking god's truth uh, we are facing persecution this isn't anything new by the way around the world Uh, People who live in communist countries, people who live in uh, Muslim countries, Hindu countries, Buddhist countries, uh, countries uh, where there is uh, uh, an antagonism against Christianity. Christians have been facing this for years. Now we in America, we are finally coming to the place where we're going to have to face that. So how does a Christian face that? And, and I'm just going to frame it here. I think that it, our history in America is that we, we get upset and we say we're going to vote out anybody who doesn't agree with us and we'll vote in those who do. And I think the days are coming when we're going to have to have a deeper faith than that. Yeah. It's not just politically winning. It's going to be being ready to suffer for Jesus Christ. Yeah, and, and just to to look at what does that mean? What what does it mean to suffer? Let me quote James chapter one, verses two through four for you. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Uh, such a such a great verse, Phil. That that just just kind of soothes that uh, that desire to get upset when you see these things, yeah. or to to feel like a victim. No, we're not victims. This is this is a theme that, uh, uh, and I can highlight a couple of other scriptures too. But this is the theme of suffering 
Christians being prepared to suffer. And I think that we in America, we Christians have almost thought it was our divine right not to suffer. Yeah. Uh, that uh, because we're on God's side, uh, he's blessed us. And, uh, and yet somehow we had this nagging thought. Why is it that those people who love the Lord around the world in a communist country, why are they suffering? Why hasn't God given them the same idyllic kind of existence that he gave to us and we kind of look down on them don't we well we we thought they must have done something wrong yeah and that's that's the furthest thing from the truth this this verse you read consider it all joy my brethren when you encounter various trials persecution persecution the testing of your faith produces endurance and let that endurance have its result. You'll end up being perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. You know, in 1 Peter 4, 1, it says that, uh, that the person who has suffered has ceased from sin. It's a fascinating little word there from Peter, where a person who is really suffering for their faith, the, the power of sin erodes away from them, and they really have a strength that they never thought they had. This example of suffering, this, this is something that we need to take to heart. And again, I, I said this isn't going to be easy for American Christians mm -hmm. and other Western Christians, but there actually is, um, this is the prescription in Scripture. There is no plan B, mm -hmm. and that is that um, in the world, Jesus said, John chapter 16, verse 33, in the world, you will have tribulation. Take comfort, he said, I have overcome the world. But he didn't change what he had said. In the world, you will have tribulation. So he didn't say, take comfort. No. I'm not going to let you yeah. have a whole lot of tribulation. Yeah, he didn't say uh uh, you know, I'm going to give you a rose garden experience. In fact, in John 16, earlier in that chapter, I think it's first couple of verses, Jesus said the day is going to come when people are going to think that they're actually doing God's will when they uh, put you to death. They will think they are doing God's work. So let, let's face a fact that Christians in the world today who are suffering persecution are doing so uh, and they are doing so for the sake of God. They are standing for truth. They are being told that if they don't deny Christ, if they don't change what they're saying, they're going to be persecuted and they're standing for truth. And we do not have to attack other people, but we can stand for truth and be prepared to suffer. Let me read First uh, Peter um, two. Hmm. Uh, listen to listen to these words. Uh, it says, "Your servants be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable." Let's just uh, stop there for a minute and say it doesn't matter. You have government authorities. You have civil authorities. You have your boss at work. You have 
the people who are administrating either the schools or the hospitals, and they're coming up with rules and they're telling you that you will either say and do these things or you will lose your job or you will lose your rights or you will, uh, you will be persecuted. Doesn't matter. This is all of those. Listen to this. This finds favor. If for the sake of conscience toward God, standing for truth, a person bears up under sorrows when suffering unjustly. Hmm. What credit is there if when you sin and are harshly treated, you endure it with patience? But if you do what is right and suffer for it, and you patiently endure it, this finds favor with God. Wait a minute. God actually uh, gives us a stamp of approval, a gold star, if you do what is right and suffer for it. Again, this is not antagonizing somebody or, or <laughs> belligerently calling them a fool or, or whatever. This is showing love, compassion, standing for truth. Listen, you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats. But Jesus, listen to this, he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds you were healed. For you were continually strained like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. What a beautiful passage. You and I, when we stand for truth, and that can be in our day, it can be uh, truth having to do with marriage, it can be truth having to do with gender, it can be truth having to do with the gospel. Whatever it is, when we stand for truth, and we suffer for it. This finds favor with God. And, and Phil, when you, as you were reading that, I was just kind of thinking about about how that looks in in in, in your life. And you know, if if somebody is a is a nominal believer, they've they've come to a point in their lives where they've trusted the Lord, and that's about as far as they've gotten. They haven't really moved forward. They're maybe they're what we would call a carnal Christian man, when those tests come, it's yeah. going to be very challenging for them to stand up under that. Yeah. And so I'll just take a moment here and just encourage anybody that's listening to us. Yeah. If, if you're listening to that and you're saying, man, that, that's me, you know, I try to go to church sometimes, but really I I'm a believer, but I've never, never tried to engage in my faith in a way that I grow closer to the Lord. I want to encourage you to do that. Because the the times are only going to get harder, yeah. and and yeah. the pressure is only going to get worse. And if you're going to stand up for the Lord, you've got to be with the Lord. So, 
you were going to read something. Yeah, I, I'm going to hitchhike on that, and I will. I want to read a couple of examples here. But uh, you know, the old uh, the Old Testament prophet who wrote to the Israelites said, you know, if you've stumbled with the foot soldiers, what will you do when the horsemen come? Mm. And we are in a day right now where, uh, spiritually speaking, there is a battle going on, but there are foot soldiers right now. But it's going to be worse. There are going to be harder times. And especially if you stand for Christ, if you refuse to just mold yourself to the ways of the world, then there's going to be persecution like Jesus promised. Uh, it says, of, uh, I think it's First Tim- Timothy 3, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Uh, that's a promise. And so we're going we're to face that. Um, but um, this, um, uh, just being ready, being ready, uh, I think you need to prepare yourself. In Ephesians 6, Paul says, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to withstand what Satan wants to do, the fiery darts that are going to come. And he's going to use the world to do that. And it was unjust for Jesus to have to die, but he suffered. And he calls us to be willing to suffer for him. I don't know if any of you um, get this. I hope that many of you do. This is the Voice of the Martyrs magazine, uh, and it's free. You can get a copy yourself. You can go to the Voice of the Martyrs, just look it up online and get this magazine. Uh, the value of this magazine, especially for people like us in America, is that the examples of us suffering for Jesus Christ, and they're there are not many of them, and, and they're they're pretty tepid. I'm not saying they're not real. Um, you know, losing your job is is a real uh, pain. Um, just being ostracized by your family or your friends is a deep pain. These people are suffering a great loss. Uh, this this issue of the Voice of the Martyrs just came out a day or two ago. Uh, it's focusing on the country of Nigeria. I spent a summer in Nigeria years ago. There's a lot of suffering in Nigeria. But I just wanted to read you uh, a couple of things. First of all, uh, there, there's a story. One of the stories in this magazine is of a man uh, uh, who was kidnapped uh, from his home by terrorists. And... Uh, his uh, wife and her mother were also kidnapped. Uh, they were beaten, uh, the women were, and then they were released. But he was taken, and they threatened to put him to death and then send and gouge out his eyes and send his eyes to his family. And uh, when they threatened him with this, he, it says here, his name was Emmanuel. It says Emmanuel was unmoved. If God says I will die here, then that will be my fate, he told them. If God says I will live, then I will live, mm-hmm. unquote. Now, that is a uh, is something that we can hardly imagine. Can you imagine having to face that? That's, that's something that seems almost surreal, almost like it's from another 
planet or something. And yet this is the kind of strength that we're going to need. And I, I thought I'd just read something here that, that the, the head of, uh, the voice of the martyrs wrote about all of these Christians who are, who are living under this. How can you get to the place where you would be willing to do that? And you might be thinking that right now. And I think all of us, we might think, you know, how can I change the way I live so that I am no longer subject to fear? Yeah. This is what he says. He says, our Christian family members in northern Nigeria are completely outnumbered and outgunned. Their government lacks both the power and the will to defend them. If this were not the case, a discussion about their courage would include their fight to defend their homes and families and churches. But he says, what does courage look like when there is no means of defending family and property? Hmm. Living in an extremely dangerous and violent environment utterly defenseless in this world has freed our Christian brothers and sisters to focus on the singular pursuit of eternal objectives. I'm going to just emphasize this. Did you notice what he said? He said, these persecuted Christians who cannot defend themselves have been freed. They are the free ones. Freed And now they focus on the singular pursuit of eternal objectives. He goes on. Because of their special courage and inexplicable and therefore truly supernatural victory over fear, they are a powerful example of faith for us. They've gained this freedom by dying to the desires of this world. They are, as the Apostle Paul describes himself, crucified to the world. He ends this way. When we are tempted to cling too tightly to comfort, safety, and security in this fallen world, we should remember that we can be truly free only when our desires are anchored in eternity. Otherwise, we are subject to intimidation and fear, which leads to the opposite of courage, cowardice. The enemy desires to incite and use cowardice to silence our faithful witness for Christ. Wow. So I I just mentioned this to you. Uh, This, again, the voice of the martyrs, if if you can get this, this is a a wonderful uh, resource that you could read each month. But I, let's bring this back into our context yeah. here, where we're living in a society where we're going to be marginalized. There are people who are doctors or nurses or teachers or lawyers or uh, just business people who are going to be attacked if they do not cow, if they do not bow the knee to this ideology, this, ideology, mm-hmm. uh, this woke worldview. Uh, and it is all contrary to God. And, you know, we can live within this society and uh, we can be a light to the darkness. And 
at some time, we need to also be ready to suffer. That's what this example means uh, for us today. Well, Phil, I want to, just as we kind of close, I want to bring up something that is uh, maybe a little more uh, positive. <laughs> and not that that's not positive. I think you, yeah, you kind of turned the, you flipped the script there. And, and it uh, really is amazing how that yeah. suffering is truly frees you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know where you're going. I think I know where you're going to go here. But I want to just say one thing. I, I can remember, maybe you can remember too. Maybe you, you've had this experience. Uh, I, I've had opportunities where I've been able to go and witness uh, in very dangerous places. Uh, I remember preaching to kids in a school in, in the southern part of the island of Palawan in the Philippines. And it's a very Islamic area. And I felt the oppression there. Uh, I remember going to Hindley Street, which is a, a street where drugs and alcohol and prostitution and sex and all that are, are marketed openly in downtown Adelaide in South Australia and sharing the gospel. And there having people take a tract and tear it up in my face and spit at me. Um, even here in the States, I've gone up to 6th Street in, uh, in Austin, which is kind of a hive of, uh, of all kinds of, of immorality and had people laugh and mock as we sang Christian songs and shared. And you know what? Every time I come back from doing that, anytime I have an opportunity to share and some people can mock and make fun, I have such a great feeling just knowing that in a small way, I've been counted worthy of suffering mm. something for Jesus Christ. And if a Christian is listening right now, I want you to know that, that living in a, a world that is, is really openly rejecting God and shaking their fist in God's face, as you stand for Jesus Christ and as you stand for truth and as you're persecuted for it, you're going to have, I, I think, a great feeling. Yeah. But yeah, I think there's beyond it. There's hope. There's hope. There's but in great it, hope. Here. You know, I think it goes kind of to the heart of, of our hope mm -hmm. is that as things ramp up, guys, we're not going to see it get better. The world is going to continue to slide into depravity. So for those of you who may be thinking that, well, if we can all just... <laughs> just try harder that somehow we're going to turn this nation around and it's going to be a Christian nation. I don't think that's what the Bible spells out. No. Uh, and in and, fact, <clears throat> even in, a, in our present context, yeah, I think there were a lot of Christians who thought, Hey, you know, since the Supreme court overturned Roe v. Wade, which was a wonderful mm -hmm. thing just because of justice and, and common sense and, and our constitution. Yeah. We can see already. Yeah. This isn't solving the problem. No. Some people think if we could just elect the right person president, well, then all of our problems will be over. It's not going to happen, guys. No. Satan is alive and well on planet Earth. But, but, but <laughs> as, as we see these things growing more, you can go to Matthew 24. Yeah. And yes. you can see oh, Jesus yes. describing yes. these things. It, and that should encourage everybody who's listening, everybody who's who's feeling the the turning tides throughout the world yeah, uh, yeah. that 
that we're in the last days, that our Savior is going to come back for us soon. Boy, yeah. this, is, this is a time for us to stand strong. Yes, yes. Uh, it is true. In, evil will increase. And Jesus once said, you know, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Uh, this sort of this expression of, you know, the faith of so many is going to grow cold. And uh, I look at the church. Uh, in America and around the world today, and I see so much of of what passes for Christianity has grown very shallow and thin, and even is denying God and His Word. And yet, um, uh, you, you know that Scripture affirms: you stand true for Jesus Christ, and it will be worth it. You know, a couple of weeks ago, I, I uh, uh, stood on Mount Carmel in Israel, and uh, uh, Elijah uh, stood there and, um, on his own, battled the prophets of Baal, uh, the the priests of Baal, and Ahab and Jezebel, and all of these the, these idolatrous people, and God gave him the great victory, and. Uh, you, you know, it's, it's just a, an, um, a wonderful story. You can read about it uh, uh, in, uh, what is it, First Kings, I think, chapter 17, 18. But, you know, what's really interesting there is that after that great victory, Elijah got down. And I think every one of us can get down. Even if you win a victory, then you look at the world and say, oh, there's just no hope. And he got so down that he, in a fit of self-pity, said to the Lord, Lord, it's only me. I alone am left. And God said to him, oh, Elijah, not so. Uh, what did he say? 7,000 7, or 700 or whatever it was. Bent the knee. That have not bent the knee. Take courage. Know that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And as we face this withering attack uh, of wokeness and critical race and and uh, all of this postmodern relativism, just take comfort. God is on the throne. And Jesus is coming back soon. And boy, the signs are everywhere. That it is very soon. Be strong. Keep looking up. Keep hoping. Amen. Thanks.